In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today we celebrate our saint, the Apostle James. You remember that he was one of the 12 of those called to follow Jesus throughout his ministry. And along with Peter and his brother John, he was part of a trio that alone uh, accompanied Jesus on the Mount of the Transfiguration. They also, Peter, James, and John, were there when Jesus brought Jairus' daughter back to life, and they accompanied Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So a part of a trio inside of the band of 12. We know that James and John were sons of Zebedee, and they worked in the family business as fishermen. And one day, while they were going about the task of fishing, Jesus called James and John to follow him. You might remember that story from the beginning of Matthew's gospel, when they are called to follow Jesus. They're just going about their daily routines. They're doing their work, mending their nets. And Jesus calls James to follow him. And that's the first thing that I want to lift up for us on this great feast day, that it's only in the midst of our day-to-day lives, our lives, that Jesus calls us to follow him. So if you're waiting around for a flash of light or a crystal clear calling, or you've perhaps resigned yourself to thinking that you're not called in the ways that others might be, think again. Because Jesus, the one who lives, calls to each one of us in the midst of our routines, in the midst of our lives. Not somebody else's life, not an imagined life that you have, not when you close your eyes and imagine that you're a disembodied spirit. Your life, your body, now, Jesus calls to you to follow him. And we might ask, how do we hear that call? How do we go about hearing it? What would it look like for us to hear that? I think first we need to take some time and create space to listen, to be in a posture of receptivity, openness. Here I am, your servant, speak, Lord. Ava last week talked about going away, spending some time in silence. That's certainly the posture that we need to be in, openness, receptivity, listening, and then of course prayer. Read scripture, come to the celebration of the Holy Eucharist, come to a baptism, gather around the word and scripture. Uh, We pray together, we come to feast at the table, listening with our hearts for the call that the living Christ wants to make to us. We open ourselves up so that God might get to work on us. And I think it's important for us to realize that James's calling was not just that one day on the shore. It was not just that flash of light, Jesus coming and say, follow me, but rather God calling every single day. James has to learn along the way. And in our gospel today, we'll see that he still is struggling after a couple of years to learn what it is to follow in this way. Now, you might have particular experiences 
maybe seasons in your life, perhaps new circumstances or relationships that really can change your course. You know, you might be a fisherman one day and an apostle the next. (laughs) That happens. But it remains true that the living Christ calls us to follow him every morning as we rise. So follow me demands a response from us every day and many times, actually, within a single day, if we're paying attention. So about our gospel reading this morning, we get a glimpse of James and his brother John, and even their mother, near the end of their journey of following Jesus during his earthly ministry. It's near the end. They've been with him for a couple, three years. They've witnessed healings. They've received teachings. They've observed the power of God uniquely at work in the person of Jesus. And now at the end of Matthew's gospel, he sets his eyes, Jesus sets his eyes to Jerusalem, where he's going to meet the forces of pride and the forces of self-serving power head on for the last time in his earthly ministry. And as he sets his eyes to Jerusalem, he's approached by James and John's mother, and the request is that they receive a place of honor, a place of power in the kingdom that Jesus is establishing. You know, they've had some privileged access to Jesus during his earthly ministry. They are part of that trio, so maybe that means they'll get, you know, a couple of special seats in the heavenly kingdom. And when the other ten hear that the brothers have asked for these special seats, they get angry. They're upset with James and John. Now, if you've spent time in the Gospels, reading them or perhaps listening to them in church, you'll know that the band of 12 are not exactly teacher's pets with all the right answers. You know, they, they get things wrong often. And I find that to be an immense relief on my own journey of attempting to follow Jesus and often getting it wrong. It's not exactly flattering as we witness the 12 jostling for power, just as the Gentiles do. But Jesus overhears them. He overhears their dispute and he calls them back to himself. Come over here, guys. You don't get it yet, but come on. And what does he say? You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. They lord it over them. It will not be so among you. It will not be so among you. Friends, every day, often many times a day, in the midst of our lives, we have to respond to God's call to be a different kind of people in the world. It will not be so among you, among us. The violent jostling for power is the way that the world goes. It has and it will. And in every single generation, the church must respond to Jesus' command. It must not be so among you. So this morning on the Feast of St. James, we're baptizing Santiago into our fellowship, into our Eucharistic fellowship, into the way of love, into a counter-narrative to the prevailing stories that the world soaks us with 
You know those stories. I don't need to narrate them to you. They're the stories that the world soaks us in. What are they? Power, success. You know them. We breathe them in. The world soaks us in that. But today, it must not be so among you. We come to immerse Santiago in the waters of God's abundant and joyful life. Soak Santiago into the way of love. He'll come of age in a world full of power structures that lord it over. But he will also grow up in the fellowship of those who actively respond to Jesus' demand that it will not be so among you. Santiago will grow up in the fellowship of the baptized, who through the power of God's life at work in them, at work in us, we call that the Holy Spirit, the power of God's life in us, that through that spirit we actively share the love of Jesus Christ for the healing of the world. He'll grow within a fellowship of those who serve in the name of the one who came to serve for the salvation of the whole world. And friends, we all share in this same baptismal calling, the calling to offer Christ-shaped love and service to each other and to the world. We're each called personally, by name, in the midst of our lives. It's personal, but it's not private because we've been made a people, we've been made a fellowship, a communion with a shared calling. And we've been brought together by the living Jesus to offer an alternative way of being in the world. Recognizing and renouncing evil while seeking to serve Christ in all persons. Turning away from lording it over power and systems of injustice while respecting the dignity of every human being. And this morning, Santiago is the newest member of this great fellowship across the world. His life is forever marked by Christ-shaped love. So as we promise to support him in our Eucharistic fellowship, let us pray that the same love, the same love might fall afresh on us so that we might have grace to offer our lives for the sake of each other and for the sake of him who gave up his life for the salvation of the world. The world will always need a Christ-shaped people. And this is our time, here and now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.